Welcome to the E-Success Methods Podcast with Jacob and Aaron, your weekly dose of tips and tricks to achieve excellent performance in your business and career. Join us as we explore deeper into the practical world of Lean, Six Sigma, project management, and design thinking. In this episode number 190E, we wrap up with stave five of the audio release of A Business Carol, as well as some final words. To get the full commercial free release for free, fill out the form at e6s-methods.com slash book releases, or email me, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at e6s-methods.com. If you like this episode, be sure to click the like link in the show notes. It's easy. Just tap our logo, click, and you're done. Tap, click, done. Here we go. Stave 5, An Enlightened Dawn When I woke in the morning, I was tangled in my comforter, my body ached, and my mind was muddled. Had it all been real or imagined? Was that a future that would be, or only could be? I thought about the stories I'd heard of my grandfather, and how driven he was by prophets. Now he claimed that he's still wandering the earth, bearing witness to the sorrows that he'd begat in his time. I could barely handle a single night of torment not of my own making. How would I ever handle an afterlife of perpetual misery? I curled into a ball and lay on my bed weeping for the future that I'd seen. I wondered how much of that future am I bringing into the existence with my own actions today? Would I visit that same future again, but with no guide to bring me home, and with no home for him to bring me to? Then I thought, this is Christmas Day. A day of joy, and here I am alone, weeping in my bed. If my future was to change, then it would be up to me. And if it was up to me, then why not start today? I found my phone on the nightstand and scrolled through my business contacts till I found the one I was looking for. I tapped it and waited for an answer, half expecting there to be none. Hello? Dave? Hey, I called to wish you a Merry Christmas. Well, thank you, Anwar. I hope you're having a great day, too. Say, Dave, what are you doing today? I'm working at the Holiday Lights drive through You want to come see it? I fought my instinct to stay home and watch the bowl games. Sure. If you're up for a long night, you can just ride with me. I can pick you up around four. Hmm. Which game started at four? No, no. Must mash the couch potato. That sounds great. I'll admit, I spent the day working on my project. After all, they're called bad habits for a reason. When we decide to change them, they don't do us the favor of throwing themselves off the cliff in our minds. No, instead they push right back in your face, sparring with your will. Even once they've been shoved down, they linger at the edges, just waiting for an opening to jump back in. But I took a new sideways tactic. Or maybe what Deming would have called the right tactic. I stepped back and asked myself, what was the real problem that I was trying to solve? Each time I came up with an underlying problem, I asked myself again, what caused that problem? I didn't stop until I'd reached the realm of quantum physics and Einstein's theory of relativity. Yes, it was a long day, and I had begun to really enjoy delving deeper into the problem. I found myself more excited about my project than I'd been in a very long time. By the time Dave was knocking at my door, I'd crystallized what I thought was the root of my problem and had a list of people to consult with on the next day back at work. As I was pulling my coat on, I noticed an oversized advertisement card peeking out of my mail still piled in the corner. It was for half-off carry-out wings for bowl game parties. Those bad habits, always trying to find a way back in. The light display was woven through local fairgrounds that sat in the middle of nowhere. Even though the sun hadn't set yet, the parking lot was filling with cars and buses. Dave led me to a large Grange building in the front of the parking lot. Inside, the hall was decked with boughs of holly and pine. 
Long rows of tables covered in festive table runners awaited the crowds of diners. Are you selling dinner, too? Oh, no. Tonight is a special community night, and everything is free for anyone who wants to come. They're welcome to make donations if they want, but tonight is our thank you to the community for supporting us. Dave led me behind the steam counters to a group of people in the kitchen area. Hey, guys, we have a new recruit. He put his hand on my back and urged me closer to the group. Anwar works with me, and let me tell you, he works hard all the time. They greeted me like a long-lost brother, and an elderly woman said, You look like a strong young man. I think we'll put you on dishes. Can you handle that? Sure. How hard could it be? If you show me what to do, I'll try my best. At first it was easy. As the public filed in, I made sure there was clean plates, silverware, and trays available. But then a person went to the front of the room to make an announcement. At the same time, Dave appeared next to me, holding two large rectangular tubs. Now that you've had time to warm up, the fun begins. He handed me a tub. When they leave, we'll clean up their tables for the next people. The man in the front of the room was saying, Okay, kiddies, young and old. It seems the sun has finally set and Santa has released the elves back to us. Now it's cold out there tonight, and we don't want to scare away the magic. He held up stuffed jackets and hats in each hand that looked like honest-to-God blueberries. While veteran parents exchanged knowing grins and soothed fears in the newbie adults. Okay, folks, first train of the night, he motioned to the table closest to him. Let's start out with this group right here. They filed out of the room after him in an exciting gaggle. Dave led the way to the vacated tables and showed me how to best stack the trays so it would take fewer trips. We wiped down the tables. Then he led me back to where two guys were running a dishwasher the size of my car. Dave showed me where to unload the tub, then said, Well, I gotta start shuffling the coats over to the exit building, so as long as you don't end up in there... He pointed to the mouth of the steaming beast of a washer. You're doing better than fine. That began three hours of non-stop running. It was a blur of pick-up trays into the tub, wipe spills and crumbs from the tables, drop dishes off to the dishwasher, take clean dishes from the front of the steam line, rinse, wash, and repeat. But it was enjoyable. Everyone in the group joked around. A feeling of unity in our common goal to provide the guests with the best night ever brought us a happiness. Maybe that's not the right word. It was more like an easy peace that you feel when everything is in sync and you're part of a greater whole. At one point, I thought this must be what bees feel like, and I almost envied them for their lifestyle. And to be honest, I hadn't even realized that three hours had passed until Dave caught me, almost literally to say, We're the last train. Put the tub over there and follow my lead. I did as he said and watched as he called the last group to follow him. In the next room, rounded blueberry coats hung on temporary racks with sizes marked above them. Dave explained as he went, Okay, folks, find any that fit comfortably. There's plenty to choose from. And don't forget your hat. The hats looked like puffy, frosted blue crowns with tiny stems on the top and blue fuzz-lined ear flaps that reached down to tie under the chin. Parents helped kids find coats and then found their own. Eventually, we were all standing there, puffy blue orbs, so round that only our arms from the elbow down poked out. Dave looked over his charges with a big grin and said, Okay, I think we'll be able to sneak among them like this. Just remember, if an elf comes up to you and looks like they're about to get scared, the way to calm them down is to... He gave a dramatic pause, looking around the room. How do we do it, kids? Half the children waved their hands in the air and began to bounce. Bop, bop, bop. That's right, kids. They love bop. Dave threw his hands in the air and began bopping with the children. Adults, head-bobbing ever so slightly, laughed nervously with each other. I stood smiling, but bopless. 
Hey, give me a break. I was new. Dave pulled me aside as they filed out the back door. He explained that I was to help the kids get seat belted in the ride on the caboose. If I noticed anyone having problems to hop off and run to the front to let him know. Outside, the night was pitch black. A quarter-scale-sized red train waited in a single floodlight. It was rigged with six open cars and had four benches each and a caboose-shaped car at the end. Each car had two speakers that telescoped from each front corner and faced back to the passengers. The entire rig was adorned with garland, wreaths, and oversized candy canes. We trapped two little blueberries to a bench, and each big blueberry got a bench of their own. As Dave mounted the engine and put on his headphones with a mic, I settled onto the caboose. Soon the sound of distant sleigh bells surrounded us, and Dave began the tour. All right, kids, let's all make a big chain. Everyone hold a hand on each side. We're going to dim the lights so we can sneak without scaring them. We formed a snaking human chain from front to back. I was holding the hand of a five-year-old girl in the car in front of me. The lights dimmed slowly, and we were left in utter darkness. The sound of the sleigh bells drew closer and gave way to jingle bells as the train began to move out. Ahead, an arch of lights began to sparkle, in time to the music growing brighter as we got closer. When we passed under it, a tunnel of lights grew forward into the darkness until we'd reached the other side where small lights on either side of the trail began to dance like fireflies, lighting only the next 50 feet as we advanced up a slight incline. Dave whispered over the speakers, Okay, kids, it looks like we've made it inside. You don't have to keep holding hands if you don't want to. I turned to see the lights at the rear fade, leaving blackness in our wake. As we rounded a bend, jingle bells faded into an upbeat melody of different Christmas songs, and fireflies ignited a growing display of LED lights, cosmic ribbons, dancing hoops, and strobes that danced and flashed in time to the music. The children watched in awe and pointed at the different effects. At one point, a white rabbit hopped across the display, stopped, sat upright, and clapped big paws in time to the music. The children, and even some adults, clapped along. Then, some of the lights broke free from their moorings, pouring from the display to swirl around the train in a ballet of graceful leaps and bounds. Looking closer, I could see people dressed as elves with pointed hats and shoes, their bodies wrapped in lights. The children laughed as the elves joined up into a can-can line. Suddenly, the smallest elf broke from the line and stood motionless while the others continued behind her. The single elf stared curiously at the little girl in front of me, who'd been too transfixed to move or even close her mouth. Her sister, realizing the gravity of the situation, shoved at the girl's coat and said, Bop! She's going to recognize you and get scared! Broken from her trance, the little girl began to bop, stiffly at first, then with enthusiasm. The elf, matching the little girl's rhythm, danced forward and gave her a kiss on the cheek before performing a chasse high into the air and bounding off with grand leaps. Parents and children alike oohed at the sight. You are listening to E6S Methods Podcast, brought to you by E6S Industries. Join us on our website at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. Are you tired of hearing our commercials? Wouldn't you rather hear your own? Buy a one-minute spot to reach hundreds of listeners each week on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. Showcase your product, market your service, or maybe even reach out to a potential employer in a truly creative and unique way. Contact us through our website for more details, www.esuccess-methods.com. Journey through success. We pulled away and meandered through a fantasy world of lights and sound. At one spot, a 15-foot guitar, a 20-foot keyboard, and a 10-foot drum set played among a string-section forest of spiral Christmas trees, all synced to the Sarajevo Carol of the Bells by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. 
As we neared the end, a laser-enhanced display synced to Gangnam style at all the blueberries, big and small, bouncing to the music and waving their hands in the air. Their exuberance rocked the entire train, causing it to lurch along. I was surprised to discover that I, too, was bobbing rhythmically, my hands occasionally slipping above my head to fling about in time with the music. But sadly, all good things must come to an end. We exited through another tunnel of lights and came to a halt in front of the large building. Its facade transformed into a large ginger house guarded by nutcracker sentries. Dave came over the speaker saying, Okay, kids, help me get these candy canes off the train. We don't want to risk leaving any of them out here where the elves might get hold of them and get sick. The children scrambled around the train, picking every last candy cane off as instructed. As they did, Dave continued on the speaker. Thank you so much, kids, for protecting our elves. It turns out that Santa didn't get all his work done this year, and he's asked us to help. When you go inside, after you take off your blueberry camouflage and find your coats, go to the table in front of the big tree. Tell the helpers your name and age so that they can check to see if Santa forgot any of your presents. We lagged behind to take the garland off the train and allow the huddle of kids time to disperse. I'm curious. Why the blueberry outfits? Some families can't afford good coats. It's hard to have fun when you're freezing. Kids who go to the table without much of a coat will find out that Santa just forgot to leave a new one for them. I handed him the last garland rope and coiled it into the box. That's sly. We walked inside, shut our blueberry garb, and got cups of coffee. Dave led me to a table in the corner of the room away from the commotion. Do you like the show? I'm in awe. That was like a trip through fantasy land. I sipped the coffee. How long have you been volunteering here? Oh, a few years, I guess. A woman who had been standing, half listening behind Dave, stepped forward, smiling, and put her hand on Dave's shoulder. Oh, Dave, hush. Don't you be so modest. Then she looked at me. This is Dave's 15th year with us. He's responsible for everything, from when you stepped onto the train until you got back off. This man starts building in October and won't be all tore down till February. That's... That's all you back there, Dave? Dave blushed. Jenny knows full well that a lot of people help Dave. Dave isn't prancing around in pointed shoes and green tights, if you will. Jenny laughed. That's our Dave. She must his hair. Our very own servant leader, chief technical officer. CTO? For real? Dave shot Jenny a look. Jenny likes to rub it in that Dave got a bunch of letters stuck to him when he wasn't looking. Oh, much as Dave tries to deny it. Jenny looked at me more seriously. He's our organization official CTO. Don't get me wrong. We love to have fun here, but with... What is it now? She looked at Dave. Nearly $300,000 in equipment and getting bigger every year. We've had to have someone in charge of just that. And over the years, Dave's probably trained up nearly 50 people in all that stuff back there. They're all like his groupies now. We can hardly get rid of them over the summer. They even talk us into doing a light show for Halloween this year because they couldn't wait for Christmas to get here. Dave grinned at her. Go big or go home, right? Then he looked at me. Won't be too long before she's saying I made the blind see and lame walk. But they did a real good job on Halloween. It didn't scare the kids. Parents love that. And kids love anything with lights. We had a competition to see who could be the most creative. They all came up with great stuff. The bunny rabbit tonight was a ghost just two months ago. You must really love Christmas lights. My mother loved Christmas lights. She said they were like magic. Dave watched the kids getting presents at the table in front of the tree. I figure people need magic. A silence fell over Dave. Jenny stroked his back. 
then allowed her hand to rest there in a silent, private embrace for her friend. Neither knew I shared their secret. Guilt flashed through my mind like a ray of light exposing my critical nature. In my mind's judgmental eye, I'd made Dave a two-dimensional caricature, easily disparaged and dismissed as not worthy of my time. I valued what he could do for me, but I never valued him. I never learned much more than his name, department, and cubicle location. I'd never considered him a three-dimensional, living human being with a history and dreams for the future. I'd realized that I'd left something important undone. Say, Dave, I touched Dave on the elbow. Talking about blind spots. Dave roused from his thoughts. Blind spots? I was thinking about Linda's wedding. Oh yeah, I need to find her a gift and get that card. That's what I was thinking about. How about you get them a gift from the bridal registry and a nice card, and we sit down together to write the card. Would you do that? That's why you're my hero. You're so smart about those things. I bet you're going to make a great senior VP. You always help me think about things I don't see. I laughed. Well, I think that's mutual. I'm definitely going to pick your brain for my project. We could really use your perspective. Sure, anytime. Dave will try his best. This time, when he started to talk in a third person, I smiled inwardly. Now, I understood it was how he reacted when he was nervous. To ease Dave's tension, I turned the conversation back to the holiday display. And over the next hour, Dave regaled me with the stories of his technological feats. Of course, Dave would never speak of them so boldly. Time flew until he was dropping me back to my bachelor apartment that felt smaller and darker as I put a pot of water on for tea. I'd volunteered for plenty of things in the past, but this time it was different. This time, it had left me different. My usual M.O. was to help out somewhere to assuage some contrived guilt du jour. I arrived eager to pay penance, but their tasks were always boring. My vow of a year of volunteerism would slip to six months, then to just a month. In the end, I rarely ever returned for even a second shift. To be honest, even during the first shift, i check out mentally and bide my time doing the minimum acceptable. I just wasn't cut out for recreational martyrdom, like those people who wrap their entire identity in some cause that they wear on their sleeve like a superhero patch for all to see. Hell, if I was honest, the only time I ever volunteered was when I felt like my own superhero patch was soiled and in need of buffing. But tonight was different. The volunteers ranged from captains of industries to titans of technologies to bus drivers, housewives, and retirees. And the only thing they did with their sleeves was roll them up and set about the single purpose of serving the community the most special night possible as a tribute for all the support the community had given them. I'm sure they ran a tight budget, but during that night, there was no complaining about funds or attempting to guilt the guests into opening their wallets. Instead, each and every guest, no matter how ragtag or homeless, was treated like royalty. They were honored for the simple fact that they'd chosen to show up and participate. I made up my tea and settled into the couch, the strange Christmas card in my hand. Was it really addressed to my grandfather? Should I open it? After all, I still hadn't bought new tea, so odds were he'd be back to collect it. I sat there, pulling my finger across the sealed edge of the flap. If it happened to open on its own, that wouldn't be my fault. I thought about Dave and all the things he'd said that night. What I wouldn't give to be able to see myself through Dave's eyes. I'd love to be the man he thinks I am. Don't we all think about what our ideal self would be like? Even though we can never live up to it, the image is so imprinted in our soul, like an individually crafted magnetic north always drawing us. Even if we encircled it in a Faraday cage of delusions and rationalizations, it's still there reminding us that there are things we should be doing, yet we don't. 
Still, like bad habits, our true north is always there, waiting for a chance to influence us. What a paradox. A life spent running from both the bad and the good. Or was it hiding? The warmth of my finger must have softened the glue on the envelope flap. It began to peel up, and I helped it along. Inside was a photo of me as a young child, standing in a stream. I turned it over and read what was written on the back. My dear grandson, you are the greatest consequence I have brought into this world. As a child, you left no stone untested and no door closed. So I have faith that you will be reading this sooner than later. You've grown into a wonderful man, but you've lost your way. Life is for the living, and living is for the loving. You need to remember how you loved life as a child and stop tinkering at the edges. Stop hoarding tiny crumbs while the loaf of life grows stale right in front of you. Break the bread and spread it around. Stop chewing over the tiny scuffles in your life and look outward. There are great battles to be waged. Go big or go home. I have faith in you, Anwar. The time is now and the person is you. Go for the bigger win. Postscript. What magic will you bring into the world in the new year? Tremendous change is sweeping the globe. People are changing. Businesses are changing. Even countries are changing. Paddling around in a churning sea of complexity, we have two choices. We can paddle harder and harder, using the autopilot of the old ways, barely keeping our heads above the crashing waves. Or we can choose a different way of seeing, being, and doing that allows us to catch the really big wave. Sure, it takes effort to train our minds to pay attention to being here and now in our lives, but there's nothing else like the growing realization that you're actually catching a perfect wave, the feeling of being hoisted in complete harmony with the world, and the raw, rumbling power of flying at the top of your game. Each of us makes tens of thousands non-trivial decisions each day of our lives. We make them in the context of a culture that's more angst-driven than ever before, and while being bombarded from every side by agenda-laden messages... Pundits cherry-pick world events to promote an us-against-them mentality in support of their favored causes. Everything from the local news station to Facebook feeds churn out a 24-7 narrative of man's inhumanity toward man. Nearly 10,000 marketing messages a day entreat us to buy this or that, while we try to stay on task to drive bigger and faster growth in the increasingly complex landscapes of markets and technology. And we're making those decisions as simple human beings who are as fragile as we are resilient. Because we're only human, we're prone to mistakes, but also capable of incredible innovation. We're evolving a global conscience, the pooled spirits of individuals choosing an accountability mindset. People who are choosing to be leaders in their own sphere of influence to bring about a brighter and healthier tomorrow for all. They've switched off the autopilot, set aside the us-against-them mentality, and dared to challenge their own thinking in pursuit of the unvarnished truth. They recognize the tools we've used in the past no longer guarantee anything in the future. That clear-eyed perspectives enables the good decisions that we want to make for ourselves, our families, and our businesses. We need to look at alternative ways to structure our society, new ways of addressing our problems, sustainable ways for ourselves and our grandchildren. We have to change our habits, change our economic models, and change our way of viewing the environment, technology, and politics. Most importantly, we need to change in our hearts just as Scrooge needed to change his in A Christmas Carol. We invite you to step outside your normal experiences and see reality from a different perspective, or better yet, from two or three new perspectives. We invite you to share our vision to transform the world and find the courage 
to create a better future for all of us. 27 states have passed, and 14 others are working on laws to permit benefit corporations that allow for-profit corporations to operate at higher standards of corporate purposes, accountability, and transparency, while still participating in the free market. Patagonia, Inc., at over $540 million in annual revenues, is probably one of the most widely recognized benefit corporations out there today. This new form of corporation allows directors and officers to consider the non-financial interests of their workforce, community, and the environment, along with their profit motive when making decisions. But you don't have to be a benefit corporation to do good. The internet exceeded 3 billion netizens in 2014, and it's estimated that half of the world's population will have access to the internet by 2018. Larry Page at the helm of Google, John Chambers at the helm of Cisco, and Mark Zuckerberg at the helm of Facebook are among the leaders in the pack pushing the tendrils of broadband internet access further around the globe. At home in the U.S., Google Fiber is bringing unprecedented broadband speeds to the masses. Small and rural towns frustrated by the poor service of plotting access providers are battling it out in the courts for the rights to build their own community mesh and Wi-Fi networks. Meanwhile, individuals can use cell phone apps like Open Gardens, FireChat, and Serval Project Serval to form ad hoc networks in the face of disaster, civil unrest, or just everyday lack of internet access. As the internet highway continues to colonize the globe, more minds and more individual experiences are melded into the human condition, expanding our own creativity and our own potential beyond what was imaginable even a few decades ago. But if we were going to reach our full potential, we need to reevaluate the old ways and open our minds to new ways of thinking. No matter where you are, you can make a difference. We need to band together because any of us is not as good as all of us. Attitudes are highly contagious. When we adopt an accountability mindset, we inoculate ourselves against those who stir dissent for profit and become the positive hand stretching an invitation to others to join in our reindeer games. We invite you to open your mind, your heart, and more importantly, to find your will to help lead this necessary change. To be the linchpin in constructively building a safer, brighter, and more sustainable world. We invite you to fight against hunger, pollution, and corrupted governments. We invite you to become more honest and ethical and have a more caring attitude of work of setting aside habits, biases, and ideologies in a fresh and objective search for truth. Because only through understanding the truth do we find the real magic that's always been there. We all have a choice. What will your choice be? I want to thank Anwar and Dennis for this great story and allowing me to read it and create an audio version. I want to thank anyone who is listening to this story. I will attest I have a great new respect for those who do this for a living, creating audiobooks, doing voiceover acting. This is tough work. This is a very short story, and I had a hard time. Hopefully you didn't notice it very much. Happy holidays to everyone from me, Aaron Spearin, and from all of us, at E-Success Industries. Have a happy new year. Thanks for listening to episode 190E of the E-Success Methods Podcast. Be sure to get your free copy of A Business Carol and share it with a friend. Break the bread and spread it around. Jacob and I wish all of our listeners out there a happy holiday, whichever one you celebrate. Happy Quanticiousness.